Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers and welcome to episode 22 of Reviving the Soul. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, and Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, the oak of Morah. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord, and Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Genesis 12, 1-9. As I mentioned last week, Abram came from a culture of moon worshippers in the city of Ur. Now, sometime after the death of his brother Haran, Abram's father moved their family to the city of Haran. Now, there is some speculation on whether or not Abram received the call from God in Ur or in Haran. Either way, it doesn't really change the complexity and the difficulty of the call that God laid on Abram. If you take the call phrase by phrase in progression, you will feel the intensity of the call increase. Go from your country. Leave your cultural norms behind, including your devotion to your false gods. Leave your kindred. Leave your cousins, your extended family, your friends, and finally, leave your father's house. Abram is being told to cut ties. His father will no longer be Abram's source of wisdom and comfort, for Abram had been adopted by his spiritual father. God then tells Abram to go to a land that he will show him. Now, it's important to note that at this point, Abram does not know what land God is leading him to. Now, John Calvin asks the rhetorical question, why does not God immediately point out the land, except for the purpose of testing the truth of Abram's attachment to God's word alone? Now, it's not that God was unaware of Abram's devotion, but God was teaching Abram the importance of not trusting in his own wisdom or prudence, but trusting solely on God's word. Now, with the call, God makes a promise, a big promise. First, God promises his protection, that anyone who dishonors Abram will be cursed. And then God picks up the promise he made to Adam and Eve in the garden and gives it to Abram. God promises that through Abram, the families of the earth would be blessed. This is messianic, for how can one man have such a global impact unless it is the wounded victor who would crush the head of the serpent? Through Abram, this seed of the woman that was spoken of in Genesis 3 would come within his own lineage. And so, what does Abram do? At the age of 75, he takes his wife, his nephew, and his entire household and leaves Haran. He travels through the land of Canaan and comes to the Oak of Moreh. It is here where we are told that at this time the Canaanites were in the land. Now this is significant because the Oak of Moreh was more than likely a Canaanite sanctuary where they practiced their pagan worship services. We are not sure why Abram traveled to this location, but it was here that the Lord God appeared to Abram. Now, it is far too easy for us to breeze over this phrase, the Lord appeared to Abram. We must understand that this is not the norm, that the Lord God would actually appear to a mortal man. This would often be a fatal experience. God is clear with Moses that to see God's face would mean his immediate death. 
So how is it that God appeared to Abram? Throughout the book of Genesis, there is a reoccurring event where an angel of the Lord appears before someone and he is often mistaken for a man. The angel of the Lord often speaks in the first person as though he were God. Now this seems impossible because the Bible teaches that God is spirit and does not have the body of a man. These appearances within the Old Testament scriptures are called theophanies, which means the physical manifestation of God. Now, the Apostle John explains how this is possible in the opening verses of his gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he goes on to say that this Word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. Now, John was explaining how Jesus became a man, and I believe that when the Old Testament says that God appeared to someone, it was in fact Jesus who they saw, God in the flesh. Jesus himself said that if you have seen him, then you have seen the Father. And it is here in the land of the Canaanites, at their place of worship, that Jesus appears to Abram and promises this land to him. It is incredible to think about considering that hundreds of years later, Jesus would be born to a descendant of the very man that he was addressing. Now, I would also like to point out that Abram was unaware of what land he would possess until he arrived there. He stepped out in faith and was obedient, and then God showed him where he was to go. Abram then worships God in that place and built an altar to the Lord. Abram then continues south as he explores the land that would be given to him, and as he goes, he builds altars to Yahweh in devoted worship. Abram is symbolically taking dominion of the land by worshiping God in every place that he stops. Now there are several points of application that we can make from this text. The first and most obvious, the challenge of faith. The willingness to trust in God's word alone and leaving what we think we know, feel, and all of our so-called wisdom behind. This is the cost of true discipleship that unless we are willing to leave all we know for the sake of Christ, we cannot be his disciple. In fact, we are not even worthy of being a disciple of Christ if we continue to make excuses as to why we can't or why we don't want to. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus tells his disciples that if you love your family more than him, you are not worthy of him. And if you do not pick up your cross and journey with him, you are not worthy of him. This is a high and difficult calling. Being a disciple of Christ is not all clouds and rainbows. To be a disciple of Christ is a hard and difficult journey that must be traversed as we bring the gospel to the nations. This brings me to the next application, that our faith involves action. Abram left before he knew exactly where he was going, but as John Calvin observed, Abram had attached the foundation of his truth to God's revealed word. He trusted that God would protect him and provide for him. And finally, Abram's newly developed theology led him to consistent and devoted doxology. Now let me define these two terms. Theology is not a word to be intimidated by. It simply means the study or the knowledge of God. And doxology simply means praise. So what we know of God should always lead us to the praise of his glorious name and his deeds. And this is how Abram took dominion of the land that was promised to him. Despite the difficulty of leaving all that he knew, he chose to respond by praising God, not in private, but in public places of worship where the pagans could see the exaltation of Yahweh. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Reviving the Soul. If you have enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a donation. You can be a monthly subscriber or just a one-time gift. If you are using iTunes, please leave a five-star rating and review. Doing so will help promote this podcast, giving me the opportunity to share the gospel with countless others. If you would like to contact me or ask any questions, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Psalm19Revive. And remember, apply all of Scripture to all of life.